0: Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Dr. Colin Zhu and thank you so much for being here with us. This is the Thrive Bites podcast and welcome to season five. Here we talk about three things, plant-powered living, enhancing emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And I interview the most passionate guests here, ranging from physicians to coaches, to dietitians, to entrepreneurs. And my hope is to give you really informative and high-valued conversations. So please. Follow us here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you hear your podcasts. Come on in, and I can't wait to see you inside. Hey, guys, what's going on? I'm Colin Zhu, and welcome to another episode. Um, This is a great episode. I'm joined by my guest, Cass uh, Warbeck, and uh, she is... A ball of fire. Um, And uh, she is a current third year medical student. Um, She is a uh, practicing martial artist. Uh, She's competed. Uh, She's been an athlete all her life. And it's a great interview um, inquiring about how plant-based has affected um, and or influenced um, a athlete. And I think it's a great episode. Um, You'll get lots out of it. And, you know, she's taking, um, you know, uh, you know, the, the medical school um, by storm in terms of influencing and coming in um, with her um, experience. Uh, she can't you know wait to come out um, to be a full-fledged uh, practicing doctor in the Canadian system. Um, and she's also the host of Plant Fueled um, Podcast. So definitely take a listen. It's a great episode and uh, we'll see you inside. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrybite Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. You can be anywhere in the world, and you've decided to choose your moments, present and fully, fully devoted, high, high attention. Moments uh, with us today um, on this episode, and I'm super, super stoked for you to be here. So I really appreciate it. Um, so for this episode, I am joined um, by my guest uh, Cass Warbeck, and I am super stoked for this guest for today's session. And um, she is a martial artist, a trained martial artist. Uh, she's studied uh, since the age of eleven, and she has a black belt in uh, Goju Ryu. Uh, karate and black level and, uh, kurame Yama kickboxing. Um, however, uh, she also has a lot of interest in plant-based nutrition after reading the China study by T Colin Campbell in 2013 and has since never looked back. And, uh, That plant-based diet further fueled um, her amateur career in Muay Thai fighting. And in uh, 2019, she fought for and won the World Kickboxing Association North American Bantamweight Muay Thai title. And uh, she's always been inspired um, to educate others, uh, achieving their uh, personal health uh, through physical movement and nutrition. She's completed a Bachelor of Science in Health and Fitness Physiology, from the University of Calgary and worked as a Canadian Society for Exercise Physiology Certified Personal uh, Training um, before applying to uh, medical school. I love it. And currently, she is in her third year medical uh, school um, at the University of um, Alberta, and she wants to improve um, her nutrition education provided to medical students in Canada. And uh, she looks forward to utilizing this education for her future practice. And she's also been a featured in the book Legend of change and the magazine and the magazine uh, magazine canadian vegan and she is a longtime volunteer for the organization nutritionfacts.org uh, and last but not least if she didn't have any more hats to wear is she is the host of the plant-fueled uh, podcast so without further ado please welcome kaz hi, hi <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me here it's uh, it's uh quite an honor especially to have my bio read like that thank you
0: yeah yeah no no it's uh you know um my honor my uh my privilege um uh as well and uh you know from podcaster to podcaster it's uh, always fun to you know really uh, interview another podcaster but you know with someone as yourself with the breadth and depth of You know, just uh, all the stuff that I love, you know, like who, you know, we're going to go into plants, but you know, martial arts, I mean, like, you know, not to be stereotypical, but you know, um, I definitely had my love affair of martial arts as well, uh, myself growing, um, growing up, and, uh, you know, who isn't a Bruce Lee fan. So, um, you know, always, uh, always have a love affair, um, you know, for that. So I can't wait to dive in. Uh, number one, how are you doing and where are you calling from?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm calling from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and it's actually a beautiful sunny day up here. Our weather's getting better. I just got home from a day in the family medicine clinic. I'm currently doing my family medicine rotation I'm in my third year of medical school and can't think of a better way to conclude the day than to interview with yourself. <laughs> I as you mentioned I recently had you on my podcast so it's it's uh, fun having the angles flipped a little bit.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And um I thought you were going to be, you know, I was going to be your first uh, podcast uh, guest but you've already uh you know, uh, we're a guest on someone else's. So, you know, I was too too late.
1: Too late. <laughs> so, hopefully, so. I do better with this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, it's okay. Um, but, you know, just prepare yourself because, you know, people will want to get to, you know, learn more about you. So, super excited about that. Um, so, number one, I like to start off by asking um, my guests' origin story. And uh, yours is very interesting. And I would love to kind of start off on, You know, how did martial arts come into your life? You started at a very young age, right? Um, What was the inspiration, you know, for that? Was it, you know, family? Was it friends? Was it, you know, just being, you know, a kung fu movie junkie like, you know, all of us geeks? Um, What was it for you and how did you, you know, get into it?
1: Well, I actually get bugged all the time that I should watch more Kung Fu movies. So it wasn't that. Um, But I I actually followed my dad and my brother into karate. They both um, joined when I was in grade 11 or age 11, sorry. And it was just a fun way to do something with the family. And I've always been into sports and being active as a kid. And it was just like kind of a new outlet for me. But I really took to it. I loved it. I trained all through high school. And I actually ended up uh, getting my black belt at age 18. And from there, Mm -hmm. I just found um, Muay Thai. So my karate sensei, her sensei, um, actually fought Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, like as well as karate and all these things. So I kind of just started training at his dojo about once a week just so I could go to the hard sparring classes because that's what I really gravitated towards. Mm -hmm. And he made a comment to me one day and he's like, you know, you might be able to go far with this. Like you should train with me full time, basically. And Mm -hmm. I just was... I think there's something always been inside of me. I just wanted to like find that one thing I could excel at. And mm. as much as I enjoyed other sports, I played team hockey growing up. It just wasn't quite the same as martial arts. As I'm sure like <laughs> you can kind of attest to if you've trained yourself. So, I kind of just I threw myself into it and I've been addicted ever since.
0: But there's fighting in hockey, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: not supposed to be fighting. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it happens, right? <laughs> um, I still don't understand the sport. I mean, I'm just like, you know, you're watching, you know, a, a, you know, a team of players, you know, passing the puck around and scoring and all that stuff, and then the game stops because you're just watching fights, right? So I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um how does um, I'm curious, how does one, um, you know, I guess. Uh, I don't know if you've ever taught a class yourself, but like, how does one dis- discern whether someone is, you know, apt for, you know, competition or tournament fighting, or you know, just going deeper with it? How does one discern that?
1: Mm-hmm. I think I I have taught quite a few classes. Actually, I've taught uh, quite a few women's self defense classes, um, Muay Thai classes, and I think um, I have to first. I'll just say that you don't have to fight to go deep with it. You can be a martial artist, a lifelong martial artist. You can go deep deep into the training, be completely committed and never step foot in the ring or never step foot Mm -hmm. in a combat situation. And that's perfectly fine. It's not for everybody. Um, But I think some people are just drawn to that. I guess it's that further challenge, you know? And I think that's the way it was for me. It was just a way to train with a purpose. I love Mm -hmm. training. I love testing myself. I love pushing my body to the limits, but having like a date on the calendar and an opponent where I could actually Mm -hmm. pit my skills against someone else was really appealing to me. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I'll be the first to admit, I was a stress case before every fight. Like I, the fight nerves and the anxiety were horrible, but I think that just like personal challenge was something that I needed. And Mm -hmm. it's not something you regret doing. Mm -hmm. It's, one of those things you can look back on and be proud and be like, that's a day on the calendar where I did my best and I showed up for myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how, that's how I feel as well. You know, when I started doing triathlons in 2006, um, you know, just having a date and circled and penciled in uh, gives you that extra, you know, motivation, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I have canceled, you know, in the past and it's mostly due to some sort of thing outside of, you know, what I could, you know, control. Um, And, uh, you know, I, I know that I am in love with it when it's like, oh crap, I missed you know missed it or you know i i wasn't up for it or something like that so you know that's pretty cool um in terms of your career did you go as far as you wanted to go or you know um i don't know if you're still you know um in it is there a way to be i guess part-time fighting like what is your current status right now
1: yeah. So my last fight, sadly, was 2019, which is like three mm-hmm. years ago now. Um, and following that fight, so that was for a amateur um, bantamweight uh, North American title. And so following that, it I was going to actually fight for an amateur world title. But mm. I actually happened to injure my MCL. I mm. um, almost completely tore it in training, so I had to pull out of that fight. And this coincided with me starting medical school. So um I always had the intention to continue fighting. I actually had another fight lined up, and then the COVID nineteen pandemic hit. So it's just been one Aww. thing after another. So it's been pushed back. Um, I like to say that I'm not completely done. I feel like I still have unfinished business, and I—I mm. I don't know. I feel like I could go further. I'm still young. <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as training goes, I've currently started training jujitsu. So it's something okay. that it's challenging in a whole different way. Um, so I yeah. feel like my ground game lacking. So so that's been fun, and it's uh, yeah. kept me. Um, busy through medical school, something to do on the side.
0: That's cool. That's cool. I think the next thing that I want—I would love to be trained in is uh, Krav Maga. I would love oh, to kind that's of... That's a
1: vicious sport. <laughs> vicious <laughs> vicious uh, discipline, I guess.
0: Yeah, 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 the, for sure. Um, so let's uh, digress to the next question is, you know, uh, switching gear a little bit. Um, plant-based um, nutrition, right? What was was that the China study your first, um, I guess imprint or first impression into the plant-based world. And, you know, where were you at the time with your own, you know, uh, food diet slash lifestyle slash, you know, nutrition at the time. And how has since, you know, how has it changed, you know, for you, did it affect, you know, your training, like what was different for you after you transitioned?
1: Mm -hmm. All great questions. So, the China study essay was like the catalyst. It really opened my eyes. And I never looked back after reading that book. So the way it worked, I was working part time at a gym, I was completing my undergrad at the time. So I was just working the front desk at a gym. And one of the gym members, um, I knew him quite well, he'd come up all the time ask me questions. And he knew I was into nutrition, I was into fitness. Um, I was one of those people working out every day eating clean. Um, By clean, I meant I was eating skinless chicken breasts and Greek mm-hmm. yogurt and and uh, the broccoli, that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. I hadn't been introduced to plant-based nutrition. And this gym member just kind of put the, I guess, the bug in my ear that like, hey, there's, you should look into this. He talked about athletes like Brendan Brazier um, that were doing incredible feats of athletic endurance on a plant-based diet. And he basically told me I needed to read the China study. So I was open-minded at the time and I read it and I just, I couldn't believe it. It was I had never really thought about nutrition being involved in more than just um, aesthetics and uh, Mm. I guess like bodybuilding, like that sort of thing. Mm. Like I knew you could get lean if you watched your diet, that sort of thing, but I didn't realize it was connected to cancer and heart disease and, and all these different ailments that um, we can succumb to as we age. So that just like flipped the switch for me. And I, changed immediately almost it wasn't like an overnight thing for me it was just one of those gradual things where you're like I just didn't want those foods anymore I think the last thing I ate was uh, Greek yogurt that was the last thing I gave up and I yeah I just I love (laughs) the plant foods now (laughs) but like looking back it's like I didn't eat beans I didn't eat so many different things that I eat now so uh, I guess varieties changed my diet and I don't miss any of those foods I gave up um, I guess, what has changed for me athletically. Unfortunately, I never fought when I wasn't a vegan, so I can't compare it to that. But I know just um, my, I feel like my recovery was just better than some of my teammates and the people I trained with. Like I was known for having crazy endurance. Um, my fight nickname was actually the Pitbull because I never take a step backward and I'm just mm. able to push on and keep fighting. And I really mm attribute that to my my diet and um, how much training I'm able to put in without having to take like, and like so much recovery as other people might have to take if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that it was beneficial in helping me maintain like a healthy weight outside of my fights um, because um, as people know, like a lot of fighters will cut weight to fight and it can be hard on the body. If you're fluctuating up and down with weight all the time. Whereas I found like I was able to eat, um, uh, like till I'm satisfied and fuel my train, but without overeating, like, I don't know if I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm making sense here, but I was just able to maintain a healthy weight outside of fight camps. And then when I needed to drop weight, it was just like decreasing some portions and filling up on veggies, cutting a couple um, high caloric foods. And it was just more of an easy process for me.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that does. Um. It, it would be interesting to see, you know, how, you know, much of a change, uh whether small or large, whether you had eight uh non-plant based and then transition afterwards, that would have been cool. Yeah, I know. Um <laughs> you know my uh, No, I mean, it's, it's you know, um, and now, you know, after the documentary, the game Changers, we find that more and more, you know, athletes, you know, very, very superior athletes are, you know, totally vegan. So it's uh, mind boggling, you know, for a lot of people, especially the fitness industry. For me, I think that I shared with you um, on your podcast that, you know, I transitioned um, pretty much after my marathon training and I noticed a difference in terms of recovery, um, some joint pain and things like that. So, um, you know, for me it was definitely, you know, a huge change. I'm curious, you know, what has been the general, I guess, question, um, you know, feedback that you get in terms of, you know, nutrition and, um, you know, your, um, Uh, your training in terms of, you know, people know that you're vegan or plant-based and they just ask, Hey, you know, where's the protein coming from? Um, You know, that would be my first question. And then then a second question would be, you know, what does a typical meal look like, you know, as a plant-based athlete?
1: Mm -hmm. So I'd say the protein question is the number one question I get. I don't get a lot of pushback. I think because I like to say my performance speaks for itself. I like to really strive on setting a positive example. And if you're like, to use your word, if you're thriving, then re- people really don't have a, um, a reason to question what you're doing. Right. But I do get the protein question quite a bit. And my answer to that is usually if you're eating enough, eating enough calories and you're eating a variety of whole plant foods, you really don't need to concern yourself too much with protein. Like there's protein in everything. And we don't need as much as like we make it out that we need. Like if you're getting like 10 to 20% of your calories from protein, you're doing great. So personally, I've never had an issue. I do try to ensure that I'm um, uh, including quite a few like protein rich foods throughout the day, just through personal experience. And a lot of these foods are delicious and satiating as well. So these are foods like beans I'll eat. I typically eat a cup to a cup and a half of some sort of beans daily. I usually like to throw them in my salads. So I guess that would be one typical meal I could talk about. Is What's your I, favorite bean? Oh, chickpeas or uh, those like white, northern white beans, I think. Mm. The northern white beans just go with anything, but uh, mm. chickpeas are great. So usually mm. I eat like a big, big salad, like tons of greens, red cabbage, green onions, parsley, all that. And then um, a cup of beans thrown in with some sort of – I switch up my dressings. So I'm getting protein there. Um, my breakfast alone usually has – I think, it's, I think I added it up the other day. It was like 25 grams of protein. And basically, mm. I cook a mixture. Okay, I have to give credit where credit's due. This is Dr. Gregor's brol recipe. So barley, rye, oat, and lentils. Make a big batch of that. And then I basically kind of use that like oatmeal. Cooked with a bit of soy milk. It's like quite high in protein as well. And then I eat tofu quite a bit. Um, and then using soy milk throughout the day. Nuts and seeds as well. Peanut butter, pumpkin seeds. Like the protein actually adds up. Um, when you start to look for it. So Mm -hmm. I'd say that's usually my answer for the protein question. If, and um, I'll mention this, if someone is in an extreme caloric deficit, like say if you're trying to cut weight um, and you're really reducing your calories more than you normally would, it might be beneficial to kind of watch your protein count a little bit more, um, especially if you're trying to maintain your lean mass, as most most of us are as we're when we're cutting weight. So in that mm-hmm. case, you might want to um, watch your macronutrients a little bit more just to make sure you're mm-hmm. maintaining. But that mm-hmm. would really be the only situation where I'd really suggest that you need to pay extra attention to the protein.
0: So if you're trying to cut weight for a competition, would you increase or lower your uh, protein intake when you when you mentioned that you have to kind of uh, watch it a little bit more?
1: Mm-hmm. I would, um, I guess, relatively speaking, you'd increase the percentage of my overall calories because I'm eating less calories. So I might keep the total amount of protein the same, but just ensure that I'm keeping that consistent and I'd be cutting the extra calories in like some of my, my fat macronutrients, my carbohydrates, that sort of thing, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't um, had to cut
1: hard weight for a while, so.
0: Yeah, that's, um, that's interesting um, because these types of fluctuations, you know, people don't normally would have to say like, oh, you know, there's a competition coming up and I have to get on the scale and make sure I make weight or, you know, and then make the adjustments that they need to do to cut, you know, Um, people just go about their day to day. Right. And not need to, you know, kind of shoot for something like that. So it's very interesting as an athlete, you know, um, especially as a fighter, um, because I think it, it wouldn't ha- wouldn't matter if you were like a soccer soccer f- uh, player or like a football player or something like that. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's very interesting. So
1: yeah, in, in those cases, and you can attest to this as like an endurance athlete yourself, I think in those cases, you almost be striving to just ensure that you're eating enough calories to fuel all your exercise. Because as you know, plant-based diets can be very satiating on – we can eat a lot of food, but there can be less calories because we're filling up on so much fiber and so much water, which can be great if uh, your goal is like long-term weight maintenance maintenance or weight loss. But if you're running marathons, maybe not so much.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, guys. We're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, if you are interested in having a consultation with me and actually see me one-on-one, the Chef Doc Lifestyle Medicine uh, practice has partnered with Plant-Based Telehealth and uh, we offer uh, lifestyle medicine consultations. So you'll be able to see me one-on-one and uh, I can go over your health history and seeing what we can do to fill in the gaps. Uh, We can talk about your physical health, anything from food to lifestyle to diet to setting up your kitchen to cooking preparation to grocery shopping to your mental health Um, i think it's important that we build our emotional resilience to talking about your sleep and how to stay hydrated and what are the best uh, medicines if necessary what are the best supplementations if necessary And we do all this in a very concise manner. And it's a conversation. I take the time out to listen. I take the time out to really understand you from the ground up and to look at all aspects um, of your physical, emotional, and mental health. And um, please, you know, uh, drop me a line, schedule an appointment if you wanna see me one-on-one. And um, I am very, very looking forward to learning more about you. And again, thank you so much for visiting uh, here. Uh, at the Chef Doc. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. So, how does um, how does uh, how do you meal prep um, um when you were uh, in, you know, when you were uh, striving for like a competition, and how has that changed um, you know, when you were not striving for a competition?
1: Mm hmm. Um, It hasn't changed a whole lot, to be completely honest. I tend to meal prep kind of throughout the week. I've never been a person where I like to just have all my individual meals set for the week. I find that very uh, boring and repetitive. And Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, (laughs) it wasn't a good use of my time. But what I do tend to do is I will pre chop, like, for example, I buy a big head of I just did this before I jumped on the podcast, actually, I chopped up a giant head of red cabbage, and I'll just keep it in a container in the fridge Um, So I do things like that. Um, I cook a big batch of like my, um, my morning oatmeal recipe, like my barley rye oat lentils, keep a big batch of that in the fridge, I'll cook a lot of sweet potato at once, keep that in the fridge. So I more prep individual ingredients so that when I want to throw together a meal, like when I want to throw together a big salad, it's super easy to just grab a couple ingredients and I can have a delicious, healthy meal in like less than 10 minutes. So um, I'll recommend the instant pot is great for that because you can cook Mm a big batch of beans from dried. So I always have beans in my fridge. Um, So that's kind of my approach these days. And that's about how I did it when I was preparing for fights as well. And these days, basically, I'm uh, prepping meals so that I can take it to the clinic and um, not have (laughs) to be making extra meals in the morning. So that's usually uh, my go to.
0: Is it weird, um, that transition from, you know, from that dynamic, you know, movement and training and, you know, moving your feet, running, and calisthenics, the bag, whatever the case may be, to you know, um, because I've been through all this to, you know, just simply walking through the hospital wards or the clinic and, you know, dare I say it, you know, being on your butt, you know, for, you know, long periods of time, because you're either documenting or you're helping someone else document and, you know, or studying, right? (laughs) I'm sure that's a big transition for you.
1: Yeah, it was huge, actually. And it was something I'll admit, I was actually pretty nervous about. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to deal with not being able to exercise or maintain my habits as I'm going through medical school and my way around that I've found is I just get up really early and I make sure I do some movement early in the morning Mm. so I'm really into as you mentioned the calisthenics training I do a ton of yoga slash like calisthenics weight training that's kind of what I'm into right right now and then I'm training jujitsu at night but I'll admit like I do not get the steps in like I used Mm. to especially like I'm embarrassed. I don't even want to tell you what my watch says today. <laughs> so I'm making It's okay. Nice you can bit. just like
0: shuffle your feet like as we're doing this podcast and, you know, Fitbit doesn't like, you know, don't can't tell the difference. So
1: yeah. Can I, can I turn that question back on you? I was wondering how do you, because you do a lot of um, desk work and um, working with patients and clients, how do you kind of manage and keep your daily activity high without, I'd be, yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, like to learn from sure. that.
0: <laughs> Yeah yeah for sure. So number 1 um I am not a big fan of prolonged sitting. So um I have a standing desk. Um I have actually have 3 of them. And, um, you know, so I go about, um, you know, I just moved to a new place and uh, I'll just go from one room to another room, um, you know, one just to kind of ch- change up my environment, um, you know, because I know that I can get distracted, uh, change up my environment, continue to stimulate my mind, uh, continue to go from sitting to standing, sitting to standing, um, and your body will tell you, um, I think, people, um, from my observations and my experience tend to ignore what their body uh, tells them to do, as opposed to responding to it and acting accordingly. And, you know, you know, as well as I do, you know, there's, uh, you know, a lot of sitting studies, uh, that show that it's just not good for, good for us. Um, you know, uh, popularly it's, uh, being termed as the new, you know, new way of smoking. Um, So we got to be able to, um, you know, quote unquote, exercise that Um, I have, I'll do squats, um, you know, just like air squats, you know, um, you know, without any weight, um, you know, just to kind of getting those sit muscles going. Um, uh, I do morning walks um, without a phone. So it's one of those period of times where, you know, I'm meditative um, and I can just concentrate and that's where ideas uh, come to me. Uh, what else? Um, but I will always, um, you know, a few, couple of times, two, three times a, a week, I would go for a run. Um, or, you know, I also do a little bit of kickboxing. So I would, you know, do that as well. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, I'll try to sprinkling it, sprinkle it in however I can.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that's like, uh, it's usually what I try and tell people too. I love that advice. It's like, it doesn't have to all be at once. So like, as you mentioned, just fitting in some air squats throughout the day, like that's so beneficial. I should do yeah, yeah. that more
0: <laughs> between yeah, patients. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. In terms of public health, you know, we have different, uh, you know, I guess, ways of, you know, presenting nutrition and, uh, you know, kind of like the health, public health, you know, um, information. I know recently, um, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, not too long ago, um, the Canadian, uh, uh chart, um, definitely has updated its nutritional food groups and, um, I guess information that it conveys to the public and stuff like that. And overall actually has been very favorable, um, to the plant-based community. Would you mind, um, going into, you know, what those changes have been uh what has it been over time you know how serious um you know i guess the pu- from a public uh health standpoint in terms of incorporating you know more plant food uh, for the public is for canada at least
1: mm-hmm, of course so as you said the canada's canada's new food guide i believe the 2019 version is phenomenal i am a huge fan so for those of you that haven't seen it basically it um it's quite simple it's um just showing a dinner plate and half the plate is fruits and vegetables one half is kind of like uh i guess your protein rich foods but they're they're showing beans and tofu on it which is great Mm -hmm. and then or sorry one quarter is your protein rich foods and then one quarter is whole grains and Mm. one huge improvement that, that they made is they actually removed the dairy food group so previously they basically divided kind of just food guide into four food groups so we had the dairy we had meat and alternatives whole grains and then fruits and vegetables whereas now we have this awesome plant-based plate basically and Mm -hmm. water is the drink of choice which is Mm. huge so there's actually no dairy on the food guide whatsoever Mm. um i guess some people could argue it could be a component of the protein rich foods but it's not necessary and then some of the advice they gave is they actually recommend to choose plant-based proteins more often so i forget that like plant proteins are preferred, I think is what they say, which Mm -hmm. is huge. So I think that's a huge step forward for Canada, because basically, we can show our patients, we can show like, this is our food guide, this is what we should be eating. And it's, it's, it's great. Um, As far as implementation, I think that's where Canada can still uh, improve a little bit. Um, We have this great food guide, but whether or not um, all the health professionals are actually like, pushing it on people is another thing, but I'm, I'm hopeful that that will come with time. I'm optimistic. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really striving like as a medical student, I feel like sometimes my voice isn't heard as much as I wish it was, but I've been um, trying at my school to kind of increase awareness about plant based nutrition. And um, hopefully some of these up and coming uh, physicians will be using the food guide with their patients and showing them what a healthy um, uh, health promoting diet can look like. Mm -hmm. I think that, um. yeah I don't know I guess like there's just there's always room for more awareness is the thing and it's like we have this great food bu- guide but there still needs to be like there's a gap there with like the yeah. implementation of it and I, I feel yeah. like it's probably similar to how it is in the states right now um, mm. but um there's new plant-based restaurants um popping up almost every day it seems like across canada there's quite a few different restaurants in edmonton people at least know what vegan means and what plant-based means okay good, um, good yeah which is great um we had i'll use an example we used um or one of the uh, we had a lunch at the clinic today and they brought me in a special vegan meal. And um, the guy was going on about how great this vegan pizza he had the other day was. And so it's it's just cool to have that in like public awareness. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. this is a trend that continues, but there's still work yeah. to be done.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, That actually uh, made me think of a couple more questions, which, um, you know, it's okay if you, you don't know, since I didn't uh, prepare you enough for it. But, you know, in terms of uh, nutrition that's required in schools. Um, you know, in the Canada system for especially for medical schools, is it a course um, or a class that is required? Um, and, uh, you know, how much, um, are you getting if you, um, are if, if it is you know required in your school system?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a f- like there's not a separate course. We get a couple separate like specific lectures on nutrition. Um. Uh, I remember my first and second year we had one just on kind of Canada's food guide but at the time it was based on the old food guide which wasn't great but um, so we get a couple of specific courses we get a lot of courses on nutritional physiology we get courses on I guess hospital mal- malnutrition and some of these deficiencies and um, different things like that but not so much like what I think we should be learning which is like okay this is the optimal diet for disease prevention so Mm. actually in my the summer of my first year I actually was involved in a project where we mapped some of the nutrition curriculum of what we were teaching at our university and I'm I was trying to basically show like these are some gaps in our knowledge this is what we should be teaching but and hopefully that like we could add in some more lectures or get some more plant-based nutrition into the curriculum but so far um, it's not in there yet but i'm still working on it mm-hmm. but um so i i think i want to say it was about like 12 hours mixed all together which seems pretty good but it's not i feel it's not the nutrition that we should be learning on like how like actually to prevent it was more yeah malnutrition physiology that sort of thing
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think like there's demand, um, you know, I guess as a consensus from the medical students where, you know, where we're at, you know, with nutrition and the evidence and research and stuff like that? Do you feel like there's, you know, more and more demand coming from your colleagues um, and or, um, you know, patients um, alike?
1: I think so. But whether we're at the level where there's going to be like changes soon. I don't know. I know a lot of my um, fellow classmates are definitely interested in preventative medicine and they care about, they care about things like sleep and exercise and, and, uh, social inequalities that influence health. So I think there's more of an awareness of like, okay, it's more than just like some genetics or, um, (laughs) uh, different, I don't know, risk factors like that. Like there's a lot that determines that. So I think there's more interest in it, but, um, it's, it's still being, I'll admit a bit of a struggle to kind of like Mm. raise awareness. And I think part of the problem is like, if you add in extra nutrition, like something has to come out. And as I'm sure, you know, like, there's so much we need to learn as it is. So I think it's just hard to find the time in the curriculum Mm. and, um, actually implement it, but I'm working on it. So optimistic (laughs) for the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, please keep us, um, update. I would love to learn. And I think, um, uh, are you are you a member of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine?
1: Yes, I am. Yeah, and actually, yeah. there's a, a kind of separate member interest group uh, for Canadian healthcare professionals now. So we've had a couple mm. um, meetings. Like we branched off. So mm-hmm. um, are you going uh,
0: this year to the? Are you? Do you have time to go to the conference I haven't this
1: year? Looked at my schedule. I think I have a bunch of elective time. I wanted to go last year. It was all set, and then it ended up being virtual again. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I It'll don't be in yet. person this year. Are you going? So- Will you be there? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'll be uh, presenting one of the culinary medicine workshops. Oh,
1: wicked. Okay, well, (laughs) if I go, I'll be at your session.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I appreciate that. Um, So uh, all good talk. Let's digress to the next question is, um, you know, you're very passionate uh, about educating, uh, especially in the realms of nutrition and fitness. How do you see yourself when you become a full-fledged, you know, a doctor and if, you know, uh, let's just say, can we say like five years down the line? Let's see, one, yeah, two, three. yeah, I'll like five a, years down yeah, the line, you, be you'll resident. be an, an, an a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll be like close to an attending. You know, six years. You know, yeah. maybe six years, I'll right? Close,
1: depending on my yeah, specialty. yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, depending on what specialty, right? So, fast forward to your first year of being an attending, right? Whether you're in a group practice or in private practice or however you want to, um, how do you? want to continue to kind of teach and kind of promote the information, um, you know, convey the information, um, you know, uh, to your patients, um, you know, do you feel like what is being done, um, is effective uh, enough or do you feel like you need to to add your own creative spin to be able to, um, you know, empower more people, um, with this type of information about plant-based nutrition?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I think think physicians are doing great things. I never want to um, talk bad of any of my colleagues. And a lot of them do mention the importance of diet and exercise. I just feel like they don't have enough time or the knowledge themselves to really go into with the patients, to really give them enough knowledge so that they do feel empowered and that they do feel in control. So I think thinking about my future patients, I want to be able to take the time to really make sure that they understand Of this is not just like one of those things like, oh, yes, diet's important. or Oh, yes, I need to exercise. It's like this can make a difference in your life. Like this can be the difference between um, moving towards health or moving towards disease. Right. So I'm not quite sure what my practice is going to look like yet, but I know I want um, lifestyle medicine to be a predominant part of it. And I don't want it to be something that's just mentioned, and then we move on to the the drugs they're currently taking or whatever it may be. So I'm equal as you know, I'm equally passionate about the exercise as well. And so exercise, nutrition, it's all part of this like holistic, um, like holistic well. I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but um, I think it's a, I, it's a comprehensive, yeah, it's, you, you know, comprehensive, uh, like it's all connected approach. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like you can be great in one area, but if you're, you're like bombing it in like the <laughs> other areas that matter, then I don't know, you're not going to like see the results that you could be seeing. So I just want to help my patients like realize their potential and realize that this is in their control and that they can make changes and they're going to notice a difference. So not quite sure how that's going to happen yet, whether I'm teaching yoga classes or teaching Muay Thai and Posting plant-based potlucks after. I don't know yet, but we'll see.
0: (laughs) Or doing it all, all the (laughs) the above. It's kind of like, I don't know how uh, Canadians, um, you know, students use, uh, we use a a GPA, a grade point average uh, Mm -hmm. for our scores and marks and things like that. Um, And when you were thinking about, you know, you can be good in one and bombing the others, it's like, you know, affecting our grade port average and, you know, you could do well in some of these, uh, you know, classes and then bomb this class and then it just effectively brings down the score, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So in a way, you can almost think of it like that, you know, with all the, you know, uh, for lifestyle medicine, we focus on the six pillars of health. So, um, you know, food, uh, sleep, physical activity, um, things like that. And, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, once you bomb, uh, I don't know bombing is. A great <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's a little bit, yes, not a great word. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, um, needing, needing, uh, to improve in this room of improvement, uh, or this area of improvement, uh, you know, fashion, uh, we shall say so, but yes, um, I think what's fun about teaching and empowering others is that there's just endless different ways of trying to uh, be creative. Um, And I think that's where the art of medicine comes in. So I'm sure whatever you choose um, in terms of your professional pathway, you'll make it your own. So
1: thank you. I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, we're definitely going to come to a close. Um, You know, this podcast is all about, you know, creating a thriving mindset. And so I would like to know um, and I'm sure the audience would like to know your top takeaways in terms of, um, you know, how have you, you know, been able to thrive in your own life? Um, you know, what has been the tool or tip or resource or source or mentor, or, you know, practice, you know, what what um, what was it for you uh, for you to kind of you know lead a such um, you know from my you know outside looking in a very enriching you know life you know so far you know what what is it that you've used in your life
1: mhm um so okay i'm just trying to i think one of the main things for me is just the power of consistency and just continuing to show up and just really um if i start something i work towards and i i try and finish it like um like For example, like the Muay Thai. Um, Mm -hmm. I started training Muay Thai and I I trained Muay Thai for years. I did nothing else but go to the gym in the evenings and like unspar and train and hit pads and run. And it's those little things that add up. And whether um, that is when I was studying for the MCAT, like um, before I even got into medical school or studying during medical school, it's just about being consistent and doing the little things every day. And currently, like say with some of the calisthenics I'm working towards and the yoga, like it's, you'd be amazed, but you can make tremendous improvements in your life and get yourself to you where places you never even thought possible if you just work at it every single day. So I think for me, that has been huge. And I'm not saying that every day I put in hours, but I'm saying every day I do something. And I know it's thrown around a lot that we like strive to be 1% be- better every day, but Mm -hmm. Um, my partner and I, we truly try and live by this and like, okay, like how did I improve today? What can I do better so that Mm -hmm. I can show up as a better person tomorrow? So -hmm. I think that has been huge for me. Um, obviously part of thriving for me is like eating whole food plant-based and (laughs) making sure that I'm like putting positive, like good foods into my body because really like you are what you eat. Like your cells are made of all the foods that you consumed. So like give yourself some good, like building materials here. So I think that's, I think that's huge. Um, Moving every day, movement is huge. And then really just trying to get out in nature. Um, I feel like people are so disconnected with the natural world world these days, but if you can just get outside, breathe fresh air, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but go for a walk. (laughs) And I know I always feel better when I'm outside and it it clears my head. So I think that's been big for me as well.
0: Mm. Sorry,
1: sorry, that was a little long-winded, but I hope that answered your question.
0: (laughs) No, 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 it was perfect. It was perfect. I definitely second, um, you know, nature bathing, force bathing, just being out Mm -hmm. in fresh air. Not just the fresh air and the vitamin D, but just there's something about, you know, being immersed in mother nature, if you're lucky enough to, you know, have, um, you know, good proximity to, um, as much mother nature as possible, Mm -hmm. um, is, I don't know, it's just, uh, it just gives life, you know, it's, um, it just feels supportive. It's almost like Mm a, it's almost like a hug.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I just feel sometimes when I'm outside and just like, looking around and, or like in the mountains, the mountains are my favorite place to be. You just feel mm. like your problems just aren't that big anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm, and you just, mm-hmm. I don't know, puts things from perspective, which I think is just, you need that dose of reality sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, we could definitely be talking, uh, uh, you know, way more. Uh, I definitely want to respect your time. So, um, you know, number one, thank you so much for being here um, and taking the time out. Uh, I definitely know where you're at. And, you know, it's you always feel like, you know, where can I get more time? You know, I have to catch up on my own life because... You know, you've put, um, you know, medical school first, you know, your patients first, and you're like, play, trying to play catch up with your personal life um, as much as possible. So I, I, I know how that feels. Mm-hmm. Um, so number one, thank you. Number two, if people wanted to, um, I know you have your own uh, podcast. Um, you know, I don't know if you have any other things, but where can people learn more about you and reach out to you?
1: Yeah, um, pretty simple. So my podcast is The Plant Fueled Podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, all the mediums. So um, you can listen to Dr. Colin Zhu's great interview. I just put it out. So (laughs) go check that one out for sure. And then if you want to reach out to me, I'm I'm on Instagram at plant underscore fueled. And um, I'd be happy to hear from you. And that's kind of I'm not on it too often. But that's where I post about the interesting things I'm doing or things I'm excited to share. So you can find me there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, Well, um, I'm, I'm uh, very, very happy that we've had this interview. I wish you the, you know, nothing uh, short of, you know, success, prosperity. Um, You know, it's not about if it's about when, Um, you know, we get a chance to have a full-fledged, you know, doctor as yourself with your background to, you know, uh, just be another member, um, of, uh, just health promotion, wellness promotion. And, you know, you have a great personality and I think, you know, you're going to have a long waiting list of people wanting to, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> ask you to be their doctor. So, you know, get ready for that. That's okay. uh, that's what I'm about to say, you know, get ready for like, that.
1: Give me a few years, not ready yet. <laughs> but thank you. ready.
0: So it's, you're it's already been, building an audience. So.
1: <laughs> it's been honestly a true honor and you're doing great things. And it's like, it's because of physicians like yourself that have paved the way and showing um, people like me, what is possible that even inspired me to go to medical school. So thank you.
0: Mm. That, that really touches me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> guys, uh, thank you so much for watching another episode of Thrive Bites. Um, if you like this, uh, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. And if you feel like this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know as well. And uh, until the next time, please say goodbye to Cass. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much for watching that episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you like this, please like, follow, and subscribe. And please follow us for the latest updates for this season season five and if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else please let them know and please follow us on apple Podcasts, spotify podcasts and youtube and thank you so much again and we will see you on the next one